Hi guys, so today I am actually doing something a little bit differently. I'm having my podcast live stream on TikTok right now. So I'm going to start uh, by talking about shiny object syndrome because so many people are getting into like the entrepreneurship uh, field or they're kind of diversifying what they're doing. There's so many opportunities now of what you can do for work that doesn't require you working under an employer, but then that does put you in a situation where you are in charge fully of your time and you don't have somebody telling you how to spend your day or how to spend your work day. Um, you have to really make sure that whatever it is that you're doing, you're putting your full focus on and that's easier said than done when you have so many, you know, opportunities that come your way or, you know, somebody wants you to do a podcast, somebody wants you to collab on something, somebody wants you to do something for social media, but then it's taking time away from the business that you're trying to build. So I kind of want to talk about how I navigate that um, and how people can navigate that in their own like entrepreneurial journeys. Um, especially even if you're not in the social media space and you're not like a content creator, uh, you can benefit from this just by staying focused on the task at hand and staying focused on just your business and not outside things that don't really benefit it. So I kind of started doing this a lot when I first got my real estate license because the first thing you hear a lot of the times when you get your license is like go to networking events and go and meet and greet and like get your face out there. But there are ways to do it where it's actually more effective and you're more efficient with your time. Whereas if you're just going to a bar, you're just going to a networking event where there's other realtors or title companies or whatever, you might not be using your time as wisely, especially if you're, you know, a mom or you're you have other responsibilities, you have another job. You want to make sure that you're really really focused. Um, so in real estate specifically, um, <clears throat> I would avoid you know going to networking events or going to those things where your clients are not there. There's no clients there that you're going to be mingling with. Uh, I would rather spend that time, you know get a good night's sleep and then be able to like prospect in the morning by going door to door, um, in person or, you know, going to maybe networking events that are not real estate related so that you're focused solely on like who you can network with that could potentially be a client for you. Um, but when it comes to like my specific business nowadays, it, every single day I'm getting an email. Oh, do you want to be a part of this? Do you want to do a brand deal? Do you want to, do a podcast, a speaking engagement, whatever. So I've gotten really good and honestly working with my assistant over the past year, we have both gotten really good at saying no to things that don't make sense. So for me, my number one priority, it's my real estate clients first, you know, then the brokerage where I'm managing all the other agents in their business. And then it's, you know, going to be social media and any like marketing and presence because obviously taking care of your current business is so important to even start marketing for future business and it is difficult to balance the two when you are the person bringing in uh, the clientele for your business and you're kind of holding the dial as far as what you can handle on your plate um, in order to operate at like 120 percent for whatever you're doing it's very difficult to do that when you're trying to wear 15 million different hats, especially when it requires you wearing every single hat in your business when you're starting out. Like, you have to do everything. And when I say, like, oh, yeah, I have my assistant help me with this, 
it was so hard for me to even find an assistant that was really on the same page with me. And it took us time to get to that place where she can say, no, this isn't worth you doing, or yes, it is. And she'll give me her honest opinion on it. Um, Like I haven't done a brand deal in a year because it doesn't make sense for me to even spend an hour on a brand deal when that could be, you know, me calling people for my listings, me doing marketing for my listings, me, you know, growing the business and growing my own brand. So that's kind of where you see a lot of um, influencers or people that want to go outside of doing brand deals and promoting other brands and just promote their own. And I really, really cut off, like even on TikTok, my TikToks that I'm posting, like you won't see me posting like at all about other brands because I'm saying no to a lot of things. And saying no is so important if you want your baby, which is your business to thrive because it can get really, really easy to be like, okay, well, this person has the same followers as me and they're probably making, you know, thousands of dollars per post to do whatever to promote another brand. And it is tempting, of course, because that's kind of why a lot of people even do social media. But the reality is, um, you know, if you have your own specific business, and again, even if you're not in social media, there are going to be so many distractions and things that you that might be disguised as helpful for your business when in reality it's just a time suck. An example would be taking a lot of meetings. Like when you think of a business person, you're like, oh, they go to a lot of meetings. And I remember I watched something, it was like a day in the life with Gary Vee, who I think is a great motivator. Um, But his day in the life was like meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting. And when you're watching that, for someone who's like a new business owner, you might think, oh, that's what I should be doing. I should be like in-person meetings all day. But my business is completely structured a totally different way than his is. And your business is going to be structured completely differently than mine. So does it make sense for me to be on Zoom calls all day long just because people want to discuss business? No, it doesn't. Like it has to make sense for it to either grow the business or benefit my clients. And if it doesn't do those two things, then I'm not going to waste my time doing it. And a lot of times when you take those calls that you might see as an opportunity, it might just be somebody trying to sell you something and then you've wasted 30 minutes to an hour and maybe wasted money on trying out this thing that you didn't really need in the first place. When you are a growing business, and especially when people start to see that being successful, you're gonna run into that constantly where you do have to say no uh, to the people that are reaching out to you. So now, oh, this is another thing I wanna talk about before I answer a couple of questions. Um, Pivoting, so like pivoting is a huge part of owning a business, especially if you own several. Again, a lot of people have the shiny object syndrome, then they end up having a lot of different job titles. Like you might, you know, you might have a side hustle and then you have this job and then you have that job. You really have to sit down and be like, where is my time best focus? Where like my price per hour makes sense. Um, So an example of that would be when my husband and I opened a property management business at the same time as my real estate brokerage, which was an interesting choice to do both at the same time, but they what they like coincided together. We found ourselves 
in the property management business doing so many things that were not the best use of our time um, as far as helping our clients and you know, he has his law clients, I have my real estate clients, and then we were spending the weekends, you know, taking out the trash and doing hospitality work. So <clears throat> for us, you know, it could have been a very profitable bit profitable business if we kept going and I had the marketing for it. I'd already done a ton of marketing for it and put everything in place and my husband helped a lot with like the business operations of getting everything up and running. But um the reality was if that's taking time away from your bread and butter and like where your skills are best used. Like for instance, my best skills are selling and working hand in hand with clients, like face to face with them and those business operations. My husband's are obviously in the law field and doing closings for real estate transactions. So for us, we're like, this doesn't make sense. Like, and to make the decision to pivot, it sounds simple, but when you've done all of the work and you've like, really put a lot into it, put a lot of money and time and energy and uh, strategizing just to kind of like pivot and say, actually, this doesn't work out and I should just stop it here. Like knowing when to quit is also, you know, a skill in itself because you really have to swallow your pride and be like, okay, this really like in my imagination was this amazing thing. But if it's not serving your clients the way it should, or you can't give it 120%, that was the thing for me where I was like, I know how a property management business should be run, and this is not it. Like, I know that this that these clients would be in better hands if they were with a company that just did that. And obviously it's gonna depend on what field you're in, what business you're in. Um, not everyone's gonna be in real estate and property management, but the point is, nowadays with the internet and with like every video you see there's new opportunities of what you could do instead of your current job or what you could do instead of the business that you just started like there are so many factors that go into pulling you in one direction or the other so really just sitting down with yourself and saying am I using my skills wisely is this the best use of my time and how can I outsource the things that aren't the best use of my time. But again, outsourcing is a job in itself. So, you know, hypothetically, we could have kept the business and gotten some income and like hired out for everything else, but you have to manage those employees. And if those employees don't show up, you have to show up. And, you know, those are all the things that you have to think about. Because I think when I first got into opening my own business, Everyone was like, oh, just outsource it. Just outsource this. Just outsource that. But outsourcing is probably the hardest part of the business. So to simplify it that way and just be like, oh, just have somebody else do it. When you have standards, when you have like, you know, for instance, my social media, I do everything myself. I post everything myself. I have been for however long I've been on social media. I don't even know. Um, But I don't like the way that other people you know, I've tried to hire social media managers, stuff like that. And it's not authentic to me. So like for me to post every piece of content is very important, but it makes sense for my business because it's a marketing tool that I use for my clients. So for some people, they might look at social media, which they're not familiar with as something that's taking time away from what they do best. Like for instance, if my husband was like, oh, my business relies on social media now, I would say hire a social media manager or have me do it. I wouldn't suggest that he, with his skills, 
being more detail-oriented, being more, you know, he's a lawyer, so it's a completely different skill set, I would say you should outsource that. But it has to do with your creativity, what you bring to the table, and that's why knowing your values ahead of time and, like, what am I the best at and what are the other things that I can maybe hire out for um, or simplify or even automate. Um, And it's sometimes it's simpler than you think. Like, I'll have this idea in my head where I'm like, I really want to get this done and I need to hire somebody from Upwork to do it. And, you know, it gets overwhelming. And then I'll just sit down for an hour and I figure it out how to do it. And then it's like, it's done. And then if I do want to outsource it, I know what it takes to do that job. So I'm not going to underpay or overpay for it. Like I have an idea of how long it takes, which is also very, very important. There's so many of these automations that people can put into place for you that maybe takes them 30 minutes because they've done it a million times before. But for you, it's like an unknown where you're like, oh my God, do I have to pay somebody $2,000 a month to do this? Like, so that's really important to know your strengths and then kind of just like read up and learn a little bit about the process of how to do things that you are going to outsource. All right, now I'm going to take some questions. Okay, question number one from my TikTok live. And guys, I will be starting to post more of like a schedule of when I'll be on live on TikTok so then you guys have an opportunity to ask questions. But sometimes I just do these podcasts off rip and this is one of those times. So the question is, do you think passing out uh, business cards is beneficial for other industries aside from real estate? So yes and no. The only reason why I think business cards are really beneficial is a for older clientele like an older you know somebody in that older age range is going to appreciate a business card more and expect it more I do feel the height of embarrassment when I don't have a business card on hand and somebody asks me for it and it's always when I run out or like I'm like, oh, I don't need any right now. And then somebody will ask me for it. And it is like so embarrassing if you don't have one. So I always have them on hand. But for me, my goal is to get their contact. So sometimes it's even more effective if you first start talking to somebody in person and like maybe they're eating next to you. I feel like I I met so many people for real estate just from like eavesdropping on people who were eating next to me, which sounds crazy. But if you ask my husband, Steven, he would agree with that. Like I was like the mayor on like steroids. Like I was just anybody I met, I was talking to them, always had my business card no matter what. Um, And it definitely benefited me to have them on hand just to show credibility. But to think that that person who has your business card is then going to like save it in their pocket until they need a realtor or until they need something in your profession. Like let's say you do lawn service or you are a contractor. To think that they're gonna have that handy is very unlikely. So that's why you wanna get their contact in addition to giving them your card. Um, Those e-cards, you know, are pretty effective, I think. Like if somebody, if a realtor sends me an e-card like over text, it's nice to have it, but even better, they have these ones where you can text and like it immediately adds the contact to your phone, which I think is really cool. Um, but as far as like person to person, I would try to get get their phone and put your information in it and then also give them your card. 
Um, let's see if what the other questions are. Can you really ever take a vacation from real estate? I've heard it just never stops. It does not stop. Honestly, for me, I haven't been on a vacation longer than like, I mean, I did go to Utah last year, but other than that, I mean, when Steven and I eloped, part of the reason why we did that was because we were both so busy and I had like closing scheduled and I had a lot of business. And at that time I only had one agent working for me. Um, so we took a two day trip, like flew in, like spent the night there, got married, flew back. Cause I had like open houses that week. So it's to that extent, if you let it be to that extent. Um, but at the same time, I will say like the agents on my brokerage or like on my team that travel a lot, it is like, even if you say, oh yeah, I'm going to bring my computer and I'm going to bring my phone and I'm going to be like available when you're in the moment, you don't want to, you don't want to have to like be on your phone and all that stuff. And a lot of times you have to, if you are, I would say at least the first two years expect to really not travel. That's what, that would be my, honestly, my recommendation just because you are needed all the time and consistency is the key. So if you go on a trip for two weeks, but like the previous two weeks, you were really like intense with being on point about everything. Think about when you get back from vacation and then you need a couple of days to like recharge and get back on like a normal schedule. And it just, it ends up being like a gap in your work. Um, so for me, I'm a little bit of an extremist when it comes to that. And, but I have like a game plan in my head where after I have this baby, you know, when she's like a year, year and a half and can travel, that's when I'll be like, you know, ideally able to take a couple weeks off if I want to. Um, but for me, like at least for the first four years, I worked every single day, every single day of the month, maybe one or two days off in the month, but every single day of the weekend I was working. Um, that's partially why I opened my brokerage to try to like have some weekends off, but still I find myself working at least like Saturday and Sunday for most of the week. So real estate really is like that. You can turn it off and on. I've seen my mom kind of like, they have a house up in Georgia, so she'll go and she'll kind of like pick back up where she left off, but she's very good with people and very like, a genuine person that people want to work with. So people will repeat business with her and they like to work with her. And she has that, that gift of being able to kind of like pick up. And I've always like been cu so curious about that. Cause I have this fear of like, if I don't, if I don't keep the momentum and like a body in motion stays in motion that like my business is going to completely fall off. So, which is probably not realistic, but now that I'm like five years in, I should give myself a vacation, I guess. But, um, just all in all with real estate, it is, it can be tough to travel and like prioritize that part of your life. Okay. Let's see the next question. Any open houses this week? I actually have a broker's open happening, uh, one, two, one, seven, sorry. 12701 Trotter Boulevard in Davie, Florida. It actually borders Southwest Ranches. So it's more of that Southwest Ranches, like horse country style vibe. It's a seven bedroom house, six bathrooms. It's an amazing property. 
and it's on 1.17 acres of land, which is super rare, um, and it borders a horse trail. So you can actually put horse stables on the property. You could put a guest house and a pool house. You could really get creative, but it's pretty amazing when you grow up. You know, I grew up in east on the east side of South Florida, so I'm not used to seeing so much land. Um, and it's pretty cool because you kind of feel like you're in a different state. You're like, where am I? I was just like transported. Um, but it's a beautiful house. It looks like a brand new development. It's 2011, but it's very modern and nice and a lot of natural light. So if you are an agent or a broker, uh, definitely reach out to me on Instagram or on my TikTok at Mari Juliet uh, to get on the list because it is a gated community. And then we will be having open houses this weekend. So if you want a private showing or you're a buyer, also same thing, you can message me on Instagram. Uh, my website is going back up probably next week. So Instagram is gonna be the best way to get in touch with me right now. I, I see all your comments on young women's videos, always hyping them up, such a girl's girl. Oh, thank you. Honestly, like I think the the thing that I attribute like any of my like motivation or success to is kind of seeing other women succeed and it makes me happy when I see other people succeed in whatever business venture they're doing it's just like a nice feeling and it shows you that you can do it and that's kind of a way to because I know some people have difficulty especially in a competitive field where every other day you're seeing a post like just got my license or just did this or maybe you're in a saturated you know field where a lot of people want to do what you're doing it's so much better to just feel genuine like happiness for other people and their successes because it truly doesn't affect your success whatsoever um, if somebody else is successful it really doesn't everybody has their own lane everybody has their own way of doing things like my brokerage is totally different than any other brokerage that I know of, like with the way that we get business and all that. So I don't feel like animosity or this like crazy competition. Like I am very competitive, but more so with myself than with other people. Cause you just really don't even know, like there's so many factors that go into how somebody grows up, how, what their life is, all these things that you have no idea about. So to compare yourself to other people, it's just pointless. I'm going on a tangent. Okay, let's see. A couple more questions. I have like five minutes left. I just got director of lead gen on my team, and I'm having major imposter syndrome. Do you ever feel that? Yeah, so um, I think I always get confused about really what imposter syndrome is. I feel like I need to look up the true definition, but... From my understanding, it's kind of like being thrown into a position where you don't know what you're doing, um, even though you are like technically qualified for it. So I do feel like that even before I started my my brokerage, I always felt like what like when I started a team, I think is when I started to feel that way of, okay, I've never managed agents before. I've never managed anyone. I've actually never even had employees before because my job was so autonomous. Uh, that I never had to deal with like other personalities other than my own or my clients. So I just have such a different mentality than a typical person in that position. So I definitely 100% 
experienced that where I'm just like, I feel like the blind leading the blind. I'm like, what the hell am I doing some days? Like most days I feel like that where I'm like, what am I doing? And like, you always want to have some kind of like rule book or somebody to like tell you what to do, or you want to ask people for advice, um, that have never been in your position. So like when you're saying, oh yeah, you got this new position, you feel like you're not qualified or you didn't deserve it, even though you know you like, you wouldn't have the position, honestly, if you didn't deserve it. And here's the thing that I try to remember, like, and I always get reminded of this when I'm around like very successful people. They're just normal people. Like they, like they're so normal and have such normal problems day to day that like it, like you would be so surprised at the successful people that like make all this money and like run these huge businesses. Like I'm doing quotes on like these huge businesses because you could look at this like brand that's like crazy successful on social media or whatever. And they could be working out of like a tiny warehouse. Like you really have no idea what's going on behind the scenes, which is kind of why I started this podcast. I wanted to interview other CEOs and other business owners, like to kind of give that background view. Cause I've seen so many people go through that where like their business looks like it's fucking shining and amazing and like so perfect and they've got it figured out. And then behind the scenes, they're like a nervous wreck, like having an anxiety attack every day. So that really is a reality and not even just being a nervous wreck, like just being a normal person where you're like, how did you get here? Like, how did you become this like multimillionaire and how did you become so successful when you're just like a regular everyday person? Cause I think especially for women, we grow up thinking that like the idea of like a business person or somebody who's really successful, even if they're working for a corporation looks a certain way. Like it's like a in my mind, it was always like an older guy, always wearing suits, always at like important meetings together. But then when you're sitting in on those kind of meetings, you're like, this is just like people hanging out and having a conversation most of the time, or like, you know, or people just getting along and that's why they're doing business together or they're just a confident person. That's what I find most of the time. Um, I've run into people, especially influencers and people in like the motivational space where online their like kind of persona is so like, cause honestly with a lot of content, you could say like something that's not even that insightful and people will be like, wow, like my mind is blown. Like it's like, I'll hear like men on podcasts and stuff like that. And like, and women too, like they'll just say things that are really simple and you're like, wow. And they have this huge response from it, but it's really just their delivery and their confidence and them just doing it. It's just them doing it. Like they're just happen to be on camera talking. Doesn't mean that they're some like Harvard scholar that's like ultra, you know, qualified to be giving life advice. I think probably the vast majority of people in that space that are giving advice and have courses and all that stuff are probably not that qualified if you really look at it and if you really looked at their resume. Um, So remember that like if you got that position based off of your real merit and like your work ethic and all of these things that they saw, uh, take that and run with it and remember that you're not different from anybody else when it comes to not knowing the whole playbook before you get into the position. 
It's going to be something that you're going to learn as you go. And I would just get excited about the opportunity and be like, listen, like none of this time that I'm spending figuring it out is wasted because I'm learning the entire time and I'm learning at probably like a way more rapid pace than I would be if I weren't thrown into this position. A lot of agents say you have to drive around a lot and it puts a lot of miles on your car. Is it true? Yes, absolutely. You might show a house 50 times that's 30 minutes away from your house or an hour away and never sell it and never get paid. So it's kind of like an investment that you take. I'm going to do one more quick question. Okay, can you do a video on tips for listing appointments? What to expect and what to do? So when it comes to people's homes, I just always lead with the fact that this is their pride and joy. Like this property is something that they've put a lot of effort into or there's like a personal reason why they bought it in the first place. Um, Asking questions and finding that stuff out is really important because it shows interest and It's also important for you to know when you're selling the property. You always want to go into it, not like you already have it, like with a cocky attitude, but, but showing them how you would show the house if it was your listing. Um, So you wouldn't be saying, you know, I think a big mistake that a lot of agents make is they'll like go in with that cocky attitude and act like they're like above it and like, you know, oh, you need to do this. You need to do that oh my God, you need to change this. And like, it can be insulting to an owner, even though you might be presenting it. You might think, oh, I'm the expert. Like I'm giving them my expert advice, but there's a way to do it. You, you can't just go into somebody's home and say, oh, uh, your furniture sucks. Like change it, you know, like let's stage it. Like there's a way of introducing those conversations. But the biggest thing with listings and just with clients in general, when you're doing your business organically because I've never paid for leads um, is talking to them like a human being. You don't need to go off a script. You don't need to have some kind of formula. Just talk to them like a human being and like make it an enjoyable experience. An example is I was just at the closet factory and like looking at closets and they were so like making it a fun, enjoyable experience that it was made me happy to like do business with them and like you know, obviously nobody's happy to like shell over a bunch of money for closets, but at the same time, it is the experience that you're giving them. And if you're in their house for like an hour, you know, sometimes it's an hour long listing appointment, make it enjoyable for them and make it like, wow, like look at what you did with this place. How impressive is this? Um, so that they don't feel like, oh my God, I'm wasting an hour of my life. Uh, cause people are busy and you know, you got to make the best use of your time. But again, like showing it the way that you would show, um, and if you, if it was your listing showing your market knowledge and mentioning, Oh my God, like I love that park that's down the street, or I love the fact that you can walk to the beach from here or that you're right by this new development. Cause that in their mind is like, okay, well, she knows the lay of the land. She's going to know how to, how to show it and present it in the best light instead of just pointing out what they need to do to fix it before they put it on the market.
Okay, so that was my last question. Thank you guys for listening to my live podcast. And stay tuned for more. Also, just reminding you, if you're interested in any of the listings that I have available, they're all on my Instagram, posted every day. Um, And then you can DM me to sign up for the Brokers Open, sign up for private showings at any of my listings that are ranging from 500K to 2.4 million right now. Um, And then we also have... Uh, some exclusive off-market deals within the brokerage. Uh, My girls and I always have really good off-market deals in South Florida, so definitely get on our list for that. And follow me on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. I've been posting a lot more on YouTube. I'm almost to 2,000 subscribers, so I'm super excited about that. Um, And I appreciate all of you guys following along with me, my old followers, my new followers, at Mari Juliet, M-A-R-I-J-U-L-I-E-T-T-E, for all platforms. Have a great day. Bye.